This show is brought to you by the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only app you need to dominate fantasy football and become your own expert. In this app is fantasy player cards with every single fantasy viable stat, fantasy player grades, usage charts, start sit tools, who to draft tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every stat and advanced stat you need, including stats you can only find at Brodo Fantasy that are proven winning stats, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup ranking. All this and more is available right now for free. All you have to do is go to anywhere you download apps and type in Fantasy Football by Brodo, and you just download it and become your own expert. Dominate your fantasy leagues with the only tool you need today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. Week 8 is in the books, and oh my goodness, if we were waiting for some blowups, we got it this week. Uh, I hope you're on the right side of some of these games. Michael wasn't when I demolished his ass in one of the Brodo Leagues. Relax. Yeah. Man, I'm going to start taking note every time I beat you in a league. I never talk about it. Every time you beat me, you fucking tell everyone. It's just me. And I put up, I'm going to put up like 140. You just haven't put up like 180 because you had a, a couple of the big monster games. I had Tyreek Hill and I had AJ Brown. Yeah, I mean, it happens. What are you going to do? Tis by, life. By the way. I'm Tim. That's Michael. It's only us today. Matt has a little bit of the uh, the one day, the 24-hour bug. Uh, yeah. He expects us to believe that as if he's not trick-or-treating right now. For sure. Definitely <laughs> trick-or-treating. I went trick-or-treating just with... Just kidding. Um, Feel better, Matt. I went trick-or-treating with my son. He's only a, a year and he just turned 16 months. So a year and, and four months. So he he doesn't really like know what trick-or-treating is and he, he doesn't eat candy yet. Uh, I'm like... Me and my wife were like, we eat organic and, and shit like that. So we, we're not feeding him any candy right now. So we didn't really trick or treat, but we just kind of like walked around the neighborhood and like said hi to the people. It was, it was cool. Everyone was kind of like out on their porches. Yeah, I took a couple walks today just to get out. It was cool seeing all the kids dressed up and such. I always like uh, I always like seeing the kids all excited and they get mad hyped just getting a piece of candy and stuff. It's, it's very cute. It's, it's, we live in New York. We don't live really, we don't live in New York City. But we also don't live in the suburbs. We live in like an urban area, but it's not like a, it's not definitely not suburban, but it's definitely not like the the mid city. You know what I mean? Like in in Manhattan. So I mean, we have some like it, it's cool neighborhood it's neighborhoody sometimes. But days like this on Halloween, like when the whole neighborhood comes out, and you get to like see the kids in the neighborhood, yeah, all the, the streets in the are neighborhood. Like yeah, it's cool, man. I, I like it. It's yeah. I, I miss it. That, a story has been gentrified. It used to be there used to be more of that before, uh, but let me not get into that. What's up, everyone? Uh, we are watching the game right now. The game just kicked off, which is on Halloween. Do you think it's a coincidence that on Halloween they happen to like schedule the two teams that are like Halloween colored? Yeah, orange and black. Yeah, that's a good question. I just kind of noticed that right now. I just noticed that too when you said it. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if the NFL people who scheduled it were like. Let's have some fun on Halloween. Or if they just, it happened and they were like, let's go. We're mad smart. I remember last year, last year on Halloween, it was a Sunday and you went to the Jets game, right? That's when the Jets beat the, the Mike White game. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. 
Yeah. I was not expecting it to be that fun of a game, but it was. Yeah, the last two <laughs> the last two Jets games that I went to were not fun. If going to this Jet game this week was probably not fun either. But we'll talk all about that. Uh, but before we get into that, just want to remind you guys to if you uh, really if you if you desire to give us a hand and help us out and get this podcast uh, to new heights and reach new heights, not only the podcast but the app and the website and the staff and. Everyone here at Brodo and what Brodo has become over the la- over the last few years, um, it's with the help of our patrons. Every th- literally everything that we've been able to accomplish beyond just like the podcast, the once a week podcast that we used to be, and that was it. It was just once a week, and uh, and the people who have been OGs and the people who have been with us since the very beginning, and the people who have been our patrons. Thank you so much. We really appreciate your patronage, and we really appreciate your your company. And your, your, you know, your discourse on the Discord. And if you want to be part of that community, uh, for as little as $3 a month, head over to patreon.com slash fantasy, And you get so much extra stuff. Um, uh, just in season right now, you get an extra episode, the waiver wire episode. Very important. Michael's going to be doing that uh, tomorrow. So you get the waiver wire episode. We also do the Thursday Night Football preview. Uh, and then you get uh, the DFS optimizers. You get access to the Discord. Uh, you get... The DFS optimizers, uh, uh, by the way, are all the different things you can play on. We even give you Yahoo DFS optimizer, which uh, Yahoo was brand new to the game last year, and we literally took them to school last year. They had very odd pricing. Yeah, and this year it's even this year it's still odd this pricing. Year still, it so, seems to be a easier. While all your friends are on, fan, on FanDuel and DraftKings, they're not even paying us to say this, but whatever. Go to Yahoo and use our optimizer and win some money. All you got to do is pay $3 a month to us. It seems like a very small nominal fee. Uh, <laughs> uh, but with that being said, uh, also download the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. You heard the ad in the beginning, so I'm not going to. Uh, we're going to be referencing the app 100 times in this in this episode, so um, in all the episodes. So you'll get, you'll get the idea with the app, and uh, please download it if you haven't. But if you're listening to this, you probably have. So thank you. All right, Michael, uh, you want to get into this news? Absolutely. Because you know, you know, it is not a Monday afternoon. Actually, a Monday night, 8.30 p.m. Uh, without a visit from the one, the only, the Donnie, the H. Those stories and more in just two minutes. Stay with us. Thanks for joining us this half hour. I'm Don Harrison. Around the world in 30 minutes. This is Headline News. The D, the O, the N, the N, the Y, the H, the D, the O. It's Donnie. 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 H. 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 (laughs) All right, let's get to this first headline, Michael. Uh, Looks like Cooper Cup um, is going to play week nine against the Buccaneers. Man, it's tough to see a guy like Cooper Cup go down the way he went down in garbage time. It really sucks. I mean, look, in Sean McVay's defense the rams are have been struggling hard as we all know for a while now the past four weeks or so their offense has struggled completely like it looks nothing like the rams offense that we've come to know and then they come out in the first half score 14 points you know stafford runs in a touchdown he finds cooper cup for a 30 yard touchdown the offense looks like it's rolling stafford i streamed stafford he had me like 16 points at halftime i was like this is looking great and then I don't even think he threw for more than like 25 yards until that last drive of the game where Cup got hurt. So I mean, I don't I don't blame Sean McVay for just being like, "Yo, 
yeah, we lost, but go out there and like do something offensively because we need to get our offense rolling. Just kind of like a, a practice type of run through. And yeah, Cup ended up hurting his ankle a little bit. I didn't think it looked that bad. It it doesn't seem Cooper Cup thinks it's that bad either. Just a little bit of swelling. Um, but yeah, I don't completely blame him for that situation. I, I get it, even though it probably was a, a bad a bad idea. Uh, Tredavious White went to a bar in Annapolis and ate what? and ate chicken parmesan off the floor. What are you saying right now? <laughs> I just wanted to see if what how ridiculous I could get, but I couldn't keep it back. Which you believing me? I was gonna be like, I thought you were gonna say why? Why would you would you talk about? No, that, that was too ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it was it was too. I went too over the top. Yes. All right. I obviously didn't believe that Tredavious White, even if he did pick up chicken parmesan off the floor and eat it, because <laughs> some people do pick food up off the floor and eat it. They don't find it like gross or anything. Why would you report? Why that? would it be yeah. a story? Yeah, and I couldn't. I I'm bad at keeping. A Imagine being face at a restaurant. Face. Whoa, is that Tredavious White picking up the parmesan? <laughs> that would be crazy. Like, yo, he's covering that parmesan. Maybe if you like, you know, at least waited. Two or three more headlines or yeah. something. Do you know what I, I I thought this up on the walk over here and I got too I got overzealous. Got he overzealous. also hesitated. Yeah, I, I he messed up in so many to, ways. I had to hold back the laugh. Anyway, um, <laughs> something that's not funny is Zach Wilson's the 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 vitriol that Zach Wilson is getting. Uh, is it Jets coach Robert Sala said the team never considered benching Zach Wilson in the team's Week Eight loss to the Patriots. Now listen, we're Jets fans. We should. Um, premise that but we should also premise that especially this guy Michael uh, hated Sam Darnold from the from the minute he walked onto the field so it's not like there there's any preference towards quarterback play um, what did you think about quarterback his quarterback you watched every snap what did you think about it I look I understand look I think the the <sighs> Obviously, I'm a little flustered, but because because <laughs> the Jets obviously the Jets lost um, for the first time in five weeks. I, d- d- uh, but Z- it happens. <laughs> the fact that after being five and two, losing to the division rival Patriots has everyone just thinking it's the same old Jets now because they're five and three and they lost to the Patriots by five points. Dude, chill out. Everyone is so reactionary all the time when it comes to the NFL season, and nothing is more reactionary than everyone's reactions to the Jets after yesterday's game, especially Zach Wilson. Yo, I understand Zach Wilson had three very bad interceptions, but two of them were okay. Like, that was really, really bad. And one of them was he tried throwing it away, and he didn't get it out, and it got picked off, which was another bad play. But these bad plays, what, one of them he would have taken a sack, another one he could have taken a sack, and then you still yell at Zach Wilson. Yes, he should have taken these these sacks, but he also threw for 350 yards against the New England Patriots in the first game where the Jets were like, all right, Zach, let's see you air it out a little bit. He made some very nice throws. He hit Garrett Wilson downfield. He hit Tyler Conklin. The touchdown was a beautiful throw. He rolled out and hit Tyler Conklin on another one. Tyler Conklin had a huge game. Like, I... I there was a lot of plays where I was like, Zach Wilson looks like he's balling right now. And then, of course, he had those terrible interceptions. And everyone was like, Zach Wilson's the worst QB in the league by far. I also got into, apparently, Justin Fields' Twitter because people think Justin Fields. Did you? People think someone, <laughs> I mean, th- th- that dude who 
on Twitter who's Justin Fields' number one fan. I don't know. I don't pay enough attention to Twitter. I mean, he said oh, the if the Jets would be Super Bowl contenders if they drafted drafted Justin Fields. Someone else said, "Oh man, the Jets should have drafted Justin Fields." Since when do people think Justin Fields doesn't suck now? And I just said, "Yo, if you still believe in Justin Fields and you don't believe in Zach Wilson, you're a crazy person." <laughs> how is that what you come to? Like, how is that the conclusion to this? You're you're the Jets also should have drafted Justin Fields. You're also you know what kinda... Justin Fields did. Got blown out by the Cowboys and scored some offensive touchdowns down by four touchdowns. Yeah. Still didn't throw for more than 250 yards. It's pro- probably impossible for him to reach that point because he can't. Just because he runs for 70 yards every now and then. Justin Fields is literally the worst quarterback in the league. Michael's fired up. I would, Yeah, I would take Zach Wilson <laughs> over Justin Fields any day of the week. Everyone's acting like Zach Wilson had the worst game of his life. They lost by five to the Patriots in a game where, bro, the... Refs just absolutely fucked the Jets over hard repeatedly. It was one of the most blasphemous things I've ever seen in my life. I Meanwhile, Justin Fields got blown out by the Cowboys, but because he scored a couple touchdowns when he was down by 30 points, he doesn't suck. Get out of here, man. I think it's. I think what we can learn from this is that it's just too too reactionary. I like this is Zach Wilson's 18th start. That's his. That would be his first start in his second season if he played a full season. It's his 18th start. You know, they finally gave him the reins. He threw a, a few interceptions. Let's not bury the guy uh, quite yet. Let's not bury the offense quite yet. I think one thing you can bury in the offense, we're going to talk about later, is Elijah Moore. Uh, but uh, Coach Robert Tyler says Elijah Moore will not be traded by Thursday's deadline. This this next uh, piece of news that has nothing really to do with fantasy, but I think is interesting, um, Rokon Smith traded from the Bears to the Ravens in exchange for linebacker A.J. Klein and 2023 second and fifth round picks. First of all, AJ Klein, Klein must be furious about that. Second of all, um, this is a big get, man. Roquan Smith is a fantastic linebacker. He has he has Ravens written all over him. Uh, this is a great great pickup for a struggling defense. Pretty costly. Yeah, I'm very surprised they paid he, that much for him. They're gonna uh, have to give him an extension too, unless it's uh, just a rent a player. He's not the. He's kind of trash according to PFF, but PFF grades have gone in the shitter recently. Um, but he's like tied in the league in uh, in tackles, I think, or close to the top three in tackles. So far, in the league. so far this season, he's trash, or overall in his career, he's trash. In his career, he's only had like two good seasons, according to PFF, which is like I don't know. PFF just continues to make wild grading assumptions at this point. I don't know how they do their grading, but either way, Rokon Smith certainly it's not a bad thing to add Rokon Smith to their defense. I'm just a little shocked that they paid as much as they did. Um, this is encouraging news. Mark Andrews, Ravens coach Jim Harbaugh said Mark Andrews' shoulder is not a major thing. Um, so it looks like right now, if you're listening to what the coach is saying, that Mark Andrews will play next week. Um, I mean, they also said that about Rashad Bateman, and then he was ruled out for multiple weeks. They said that about earlier today. Uh, um, that yeah, they it, said Rashad Bateman's foot injury. You know, he just tweaked the injury that he had. It's nothing serious. And then they ruled him out for multiple weeks. Uh, well, that sucks because uh, I uh, I dropped Isaiah Likely to hedge my bets and pick up DeAndre DeAndre Johnson just in case Kareem Hunt didn't play tonight. But it does seem like as if he's playing. Uh, well, you'll win some, you lose some. I mean, we'll uh, see. Rash- yeah, we'll see. Rashad Bateman. Ravens coach Jim Harbaugh said Rashad Bateman will be out a few weeks, just like Michael yep. said. Uh, Gus Edwards. Uh, he That's said that he's dealing with a minor hamstring strain. Uh-oh. 
and is questionable for the team's Week 9 matchup against the Saints. Uh, I don't think we mentioned this, but Keenan Allen also did not practice on Monday uh, with a hamstring injury. Uh, these soft tissue injuries, man, they'll come get you. And a guy like Gus Edwards, a soft in- tissue injury, unless you are comp- like really, really, really like taking care of your muscles and body and spending like eight hours a day on them, like... And, you know, Gus Edwards might be doing that because even if you do do that, there's still a possibility. A guy like Gus Edwards who hasn't played in so long, a soft tissue injury is almost guaranteed. Like, this is how it goes, it seems as though. Uh, So, Gus Edwards, hopefully he gets better with those soft tissue injuries. They linger, man. You hate to see him. Uh, Chuba Hubbard. uh, He said he feels like he could return in week nine. Uh, that would be bad news for Deontay Foreman, but maybe Deontay Foreman kind of separated himself this week. Yeah, and, and I don't know if that's even the case. We'll see, because uh, they went ahead and signed like some, I, for, I forget the name, like it's a guy I never heard of, but they signed the running back as well, which I thought was a little surprising. Panthers interim head coach Steve Wilkes said P.J. Walker will start week nine against the Bengals. Hey, P.J. Walker has been good. I dropped the Tommy Maddox bar last uh, last time around, and you got mad at me for it. But <laughs> P.J. Walker, man, the, he, he dominated the XFL, and now he's had two r- really good games in a Bro, row. That throw to D.J. Moore was, was phenomenal. Incredible. That was a brilliant play all around. And, I mean, except for the very end of it. But, yo, I will tell I you, mean, bro. If, if I had enough time in my in my day, <clears throat> like it, in, or if I like, had a, like, didn't have a job, I would find a, a a a compilation. I would make a compilation of all the people who have taken their helmets off as celebration this year. It's been fucking. The ridiculous. rule is you can't take it off on the in the end zone on the field. Ugh. But then there's a replay review that shows him on the white, like already outside the end zone taking it off. And oh one of the God. um a former NFL guy was asked about it, and he said, "Yeah, it shouldn't have been a flag." Either way, Eddie Pinero is a bum ass. Who would be surprised if he has a job in like two days? That was that was harsh, Michael. Bro, he missed that extra point and then missed a thirty-five yarder. They the lost ex- because of him. The extra point was forty-eight yards. The thirty, there are thirty-four yarders needs to be needs to be hit. Yeah, man, that's an automatic one. I mean, the extra point forty-eight yards. You 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 understand at least. Um, the Vikings beat recorder Chris Thomason reports that Irv Smith suffered a high ankle sprain. Oh boy. In the team's week eight win over the Cardinals, it looks like Irv Smith is out of the streaming conversation for a while. I mean, he he was already playing less than Johnny Munt, so. And there you go. That's the that's, doesn't really matter much. Yeah, uh, Kadarius Tony, Chiefs head coach Andy Reid said it will be a gradual process when act about wor- working Kadarius Tony into the offense. He even mentioned something about like we think we when we make these moves, we think one to two years ahead. In in a quote that I saw. Um, not good news if you're if you have Tony, but maybe it is. You know, you never know. You never Look, know. I just don't. I don't really understand. Um, Amari Cooper just threw an interception. Yes, he did. Bro, that's fantastic. That's minus, minus two. two Let's go, <laughs> guys. I'm gonna, if you can't tell, Tim needs Amari Cooper to score less. I wa- I need Kareem Hunt to score four more points than Amari Cooper. That's all I. That's all I need, and my and my day will be made. Um, Tim, hold on. Hot off the press, J.K. Dobbins is retiring to pursue acting. What? I'm mad confused right now. You're lying. <laughs> yeah, I'm lying. Oh, nice. <laughs> you actually got me, though. 
damn, he got me. That, you got me in my I was like, I got to say something ridiculous to get him down. Damn, you got me by old joke. That was perfect timing, Michael. Yeah, you um, got it. <laughs> all right. Uh, this one's crazy. I, I just want to say this about Elijah Moore. When asked about his chemistry with Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore said, I don't know. I don't get the ball. Yeah. It's the truth. I'm surprised. We're going to talk about Elijah more a little later. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, speaking Sunday, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones said there's no argument about Ezekiel Elliott's status as team's lead back. Jerry yeah, Jones there's no argument that dude. Jerry Jones isn't. Bro, there's no other owner that gets asked these questions. Like, why is <laughs> Jerry Jones the one being he's asked? G- he's the GM. It's just He's the owner. It's mad funny to me, though. He's everything. Like, name three other owners in the NFL. Like, I don't really know the owners of these damn teams. Uh, they're certainly not being asked about the running back position for the teams. <laughs> I mean, Jerry Jones is in a league of his own, man. Yeah, you, you know, just, it's, it's uh, Jerry. Uh, it's Jerry World. All right, uh, Michael, you ready to get into these categories? Always. We only spent under 20 minutes on the news, Michael. Psh, come on, son. I bring it home. I bring it home. Uh, but You've done good, kid. All right, we got some flexing to do. But we saw that coming. I gotta say, we've been we've been seeing a lot of things coming. If you haven't been checking out the Thursday episodes, you're missing out. We've been killing it. Uh, the third, the the, 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 the I, we saw that coming. I saw that coming from a mile away. I fucked that up, but we didn't fuck up the, these picks. And one of the ones that we definitely didn't fuck up was my home run smash of the week, my tear breaker up, and that was Tony Pollard. Of the Dallas Cowboys. My man Tony Pollard went in. And it's good that we just talked about Ezekiel Elliott too. Because remember when I was saying back. Like I could start to like smell the tides. Of this is starting to become. uh, Like Tony Pollard is going to get work. In this backfield every single week. I think there's. Zeke is going to work. He's going to start. But Pollard is going to get work too. And when Zeke is not in. Tony Pollard becomes a, a number one uh, an RB one candidate, a number one. I I had I've been trying to get Tony Pollard everywhere uh, the last couple of weeks, like I've been telling you guys. And in the places where I do have Tony Pollard, I was very 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 happy uh, because this is what you get out of him when you give him the ball over and over again. Fourteen rushes, one hundred and thirty one yards, three rushing touchdowns, including that rushing touchdown at the end of the game. Where he just was next level. He just was a better player than the play than the other players on the field trying to tackle him. Like if if Tony Pollard were out and Zeke were alone in the backfield, you'd be like, all right, he's like RB eighteen this week. If Zeke is out and Tony Pollard's alone in the backfield, you're like, all right, this guy probably gonna be the overall RB one. It's crazy. It is uh. Well, hmm. I, Michael, I didn't really think about it that way. Uh, I got a slash here. I don't know. These guys don't slash together at all, but I'm just trying to fit an extra one in. Um, <laughs> I've been on a roll with tight end streamers, and my latest role is Mike Gusecki. Uh At this point of taping, he is tight end three on the week because uh, he scored a touchdown. Three catches for uh, 38 yards and a touchdown, 11.3 fantasy points. And in the tight end landscape, the way it is, uh, that's the best you're going to do. And he was available on a lot of waiver wires. And if you picked him up and started him, congratulations. I picked it up and picked him up and started him in my home league. And now I'm hoping Kareem Hunt can bring home a victory for me. Um, oh, you only get minus one for uh, for interception in our league? <laughs> no wonder <laughs> Kyler Murray gets so many points. Oh, All right, uh, Michael. Who's uh, your my first, we first saw that coming. Look, I wasn't in the uh, on the podcast this Thursday, but there was a lot of discussions in the, um, in the Discord. I had rankings as well. But the one we I'm going with here was... 
shouting out to one of our patrons. I forget who it was, but I'm going with Derrick Henry here because, uh, like, we all thought Derrick Henry was going to have a monster game. Matt also used, uh, called him as his... Um, That's true. There you go. As his... Um, and one of our patrons... Home run smash of the week. ...in our betting um, channel told us that Derrick Henry just destroys the Texans. So he was like, I'm putting money on two-plus touchdowns and 200-plus yards. And then Derrick Henry went ahead and put up 219 yards and two rushing touchdowns. For the fourth straight game, bro, against the against Texans. Against Houston, yeah. Insanity. Yeah. He just dominated the Houston Texans. Yo, Malik Willis... The fact that people started Malik Willis in one quarterback leagues, I was like, how desperate are nah, you people? Nah, there's no way. There's no one who did that. Some people did. No, nah, no one did that. Some people did. I disagree with you. Bro, people they moved him up to like nah. QB 15 in their rankings. Those are the people on Twitter that don't actually give advice to anyone. They're just like in this weird Twitter circle where they all argue with each other, but no one's actually listening. It's just like them talking to themselves. They're all in that weird Twitter circle. None of them actually did what they say. They just want likes and, and attention and retweets and shit. Tweet, tweet. I bet you Malik Willis's oh, What's Malik uh, Willis's roster ship number in Yahoo right now? I'll check it. They're all liars. I'll check it real I got, good. I got it right here. Malik Willis is owned in... 7%. 7%. I wish they had star percentage like in Sleeper. I guess you could we could look in Sleeper for his, for his uh, star percentage. While while you do that, I'm going to mention someone. Can you look at his star percentage? I'll sleep sure, on. sure. I, I'm going to mention someone that I didn't even mention. I want to give a shout-out to Taryn Caravella, who has been a – he's a writer at Brodo. There's a second year as a writer, but this is really like his first year as a writer last year. He he wrote sometimes this year he's really found his niche, and he does an article um, where he's also a PFF data collector. So he works for PFF. He also works for us. And he does. And when he collects the data, he looks at some wide receiver cornerback matchups that stand out as people who can really um, explode. Some guys who could be sleepers, some guys who you're probably looking to avoid. And this week he said, A.J. Brown, it's A.J. Brown's time to explode. And oh, my God, did A.J. Brown explode this week. If you were lucky enough to have A.J. Brown on your roster, uh, congratulations. As I told you, I had A.J. Brown end. Uh, Tyreek Hill, which we didn't even mention Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill was my explosion, and it was the it was like, oh well, Tyreek Hill's really good in this, and, and he's playing a really bad secondary. And, yep. uh, that's why. And that was that's correct. Why he's gonna be good. <laughs> uh, you know the the solid uh, analysis there, but AJ Brown um, for the exact numbers, uh, eleven targets, only six receptions, but he did a lot with those six receptions, like he always does. It's AJ Brown, one hundred and fifty six yards and three touchdowns. My God. Uh, looking at those numbers again really makes you notice how ridiculously ridiculous they are. You know what's crazy? Tyreek Hill put up 27.5 fantasy points, and he didn't even have a touchdown. He had seven rushing yards, 188 yards, and 12 catches. And that's in half PPR. In full PPR, he put up like 31. Yep. Unbelievable. Um uh, good. Who's your second? We saw that coming. My second we saw that coming is a guy we mentioned um, on the Monday pod a little bit, and his connection with Taylor Heineke bumping him up in ranks. And Terry McLaurin had another good game. He absolutely demolished, I think it was Stephon Gilmore, catching it on his head at the one-yard line with like 10 seconds left in the game, resulting in a <clears throat> touchdown a couple plays later for the Commanders to to beat Indy. Um, but in a very tough matchup, Indy has been one of the best matchups at stopping um, opposing wide receivers this year. Six receptions, 113 yards. He didn't find the end zone, but it's another... Uh, Another game where he had a very solid output with Taylor Heineke at QB. 
Um, even when at this point, even if Carson Wentz comes back, I don't really see how you could start him over Taylor Heineke. But we'll see how that goes when that happens. But as long as Taylor Heineke's at the helm, Terry McLaurin is a a solid wide receiver too. And um, yeah, they have a good connection. Those two. It was uh, I don't know if you heard on the broadcast, but they were talking about how Terry McLaurin grew up a, a huge Indianapolis Colts fans. He used to sit in the five hundred section with his dad. He uh he grew up in Indiana. He won like state championships there. He won like Indiana football player of the year. So you know. Boom, boom. So ties there, and he you could tell he was emotional. You could tell he wanted it. He just wanted it more than Stephon Gilmore. You're, you're talking about one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL. Like, that. that's no scrub there. Uh, so, yeah. Kareem, I don't want no scrub. Kareem Hunt in the game, so if I lose focus, uh, I, I apologize. Michael, who's your, who's your second? Enough with Kareem Hunt. Here he goes. Go, Kareem. Go. I already gave you Ten two, brothers. Derrick Henry and Terry McLaurin. Okay. Oh, I want to mention one honorable mention. We already went off on uh, on fantasy Twitter. We'll continue. We'll continue to do that as we go on. Uh, and I'm going to go off on that one more time. There are people that wanted you. Th- there are some people who had actually good reasons. I want to not shut out. Shout out like the wrong people. They had good reasons. They wrote their articles. They got it wrong. It's, it's that's that's okay. But there are some people who are just like fade CMC because they wanted people to click likes and and argue with them and everything. Because they're not really giving advice, they're just yelling at each other uh, in 140 characters. Um, we told you that CMC was, as soon as CMC got traded, and when Debo Samuel went down, I tweeted out, uh, CMC might break fantasy football this year, this week uh, with Debo out. And he did. He broke fantasy football. He had a throwing touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and a receiving touchdown. That is the first time... That's happened since the Danian Tomlinson in 2005. So uh, yeah. shout out to CMC who got all the opportunity that you hoped he would get in San Francisco uh, because he's in a better situation than he was before. And uh, there's no reason to think otherwise. With that being said, let's get into our next situation. Surprise, surprise. Stuff that we uh, didn't exactly get right. Surprise, motherfucker. Michael, why don't you start us off on this one? <laughs> Uh, my first surprise, surprise, Terrace Marshall of the Carolina Panthers. Like you said, P.J. Walker has been playing well, and Terrace Marshall um, just had his biggest game of his career. Nine targets, four receptions, 87 yards, a couple long plays. He's playing over um, 90% of the snaps at this point. He played 93% of the snaps in the Panthers um, in the Panthers game this past week. He's a clear wide receiver, too, on this week at the moment, uh, on this team at the moment. And he, uh, and he ran like ninety percent of his routes from the slot as well. He's a, he, well, he was drafted in the second or third round last year. He hasn't really been able to find his footing in the NFL. This was his big, his first big game. Only one percent rostered in Yahoo leagues. Um, but to see him break out a little bit, four for eighty-seven and nine targets, which kind of came out of nowhere. Um, it was it was cool to see and interested to see if it continues. But yeah, shout out Terrace Marshall. Yeah, interesting. Uh, you know, people kind of wrote off Terrace Marshall. On, uh, it's the same kind of thing. Uh, people kind of wrote him off, and, you know, not so fast. But I ain't right back. <laughs> not so fast with the write-offs, man. I was going to say one thing. Like, I, I grew up in the era, like, I remember watching LaDainian Tomlinson play in 2005. I'm going to sound like an old man right now, but I don't care. I remember watching LaDainian Tomlinson play in 2005, and, the, and, and back in those days, you never it was a it was a sin to start a quarterback in his first year. It was unheard of. When Peyton Manning did that, like everyone was like, What the hell's wrong with the Colts? Like it was unheard of that that, that happened. They would always have some time to rest and 
And now you're judging these dudes and you're judging these quarterbacks, you're judging these receivers. Like, if if they don't have a fantastic, amazing rookie season, that means they can't play forever. Like, definitely not how it is. Very impatient. Yeah, it's just that's world how the, that's how the, the world. Yeah, that's how the world is right now. Um, for my first surprise, surprise, I'm gonna go with the one, the only Kyle Pitts. I told you to bury. <laughs> um, the Falcons' defense, uh, offense, and of course the Falcons' offense, offense <coughs> excuse me, Jesus, proceeded to go the freak off. Like that was crazy how they went off, and they decided to let Mario to throw it, and they haven't been doing that. And they changed up the the game. I was bit, maybe being a little bit too reactive, uh, and Kyle Pitts. Finally, nah, it was it was weeks in a row of it was an atrocious passing offense. Kyle Pitts, nine targets, nine targets, nine whole targets. That might be double his entire season. Nine whole targets, five catches, 80 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Uh, I think currently the the tight end two on the week uh, outside behind Tyler Conklin. Uh, so, you know, surprise, surprise, he put up he put it up. This is the second week in a row with a touchdown. If they keep looking at pits in the end zone, like, look, you're never going to get the Kyle Pitts that you were hoping to get when you draft him in the third round and have a giant positional advantage. You're not going to ever get that guy. But if you can get a guy who's a big-time red zone threat and you know scores touchdowns in four of every five games, uh, then you are very, very happy with that in your tight end spot right now. So maybe Kyle Pitts on the ups and ups, but uh, for this game at least, uh, Kyle Pitts, surprise, surprise. Michael. Who's your second surprise surprise? My second surprise surprise, a New York Jet that I mentioned earlier in the game who had the biggest week of any New York Jet, and that is Tyler Conklin. Conklin was a uh, a startable asset um earlier in the season. He was he had a he had some tight end one streaming appeal. And then he hit a wall um in the Miami game at Green Bay and Denver. He did not do much at all. He never passed four and a half fantasy points and half PPR. And then in Against New England this past week, 10 targets, 6 for 79, and, a t- and two touchdowns. He was also targeted down the middle of the field later on in the game, where if it was a little bit closer, he would have had his third touchdown. Like, Tyler Conklin was super involved in the offense without Corey Davis, um, with Elijah Moore hardly playing. So I do think there's a little bit of a appeal here going into Buffalo next week because the Jets have been good, but Buffalo is Buffalo. And Zach Wilson throwing 40-plus times, I'd say, is probably guaranteed against the Buffalo Bills because they're going to be trailing <laughs> more likely than not. So Tyler Conk is an interesting one, and it was cool to see him uh, break out again. Let's stay with the Jets. I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson. Uh, he hasn't had a big game in a while, but like we said, Zach Wilson did make some good throws in this game, and a lot of them were to Garrett Wilson. Seven targets for six receptions and 115 yards. Uh, he looks good. Garrett Wilson is a baller. Uh, so it's, you're, you know, you're keeping him right now. He's only 48% rostered, uh, probably worth a roster spot if they're going to keep passing at this rate, um, the Jets. But it's probably going to be up and down. But he is the number one receiver. And if the Jets are increasing their volume of passing, then that bodes well for Garrett Wilson. So keep that in mind uh, as you move forward. Another surprise surprise is, is Elijah Moore, man. Four targets and one catch for 11 yards. Look, I know that I'm not, like, I know, I'm sorry. This is not, that's not even his, his stats for this game. He had one target for no, nothing. He 
He did yeah, nothing. He was the wide receiver five. Yeah, sorry. Uh, he did nothing. And and no, I, I understand at this point, like you're you're trying to discipline the guy or whatever, but you got to get your best players on the field, man. You got to make them making. You got to get them making plays. You got like you don't draw up a single screen for this dude. You don't draw up a single like quick slant for this guy. Like I don't know, man. I know he talk he talked and everything, but yo, you got to get your best players on the field to help your quarterback. And playing Vincent Smith over Elijah Moore is not the wave. I'll tell you that. And and, and Braxton Barrios, like I know Braxton Barrios has, like has a couple of good plays, but relax, he's not Elijah Moore. So I I don't know. That's that's got to get itself together. Uh, that was a surprise, surprise. All right, let's get into this stock up section. The stock up, the guys whose stock is rising. Something just came across my desk, John. It is perhaps the best thing I've seen in the last six months. Now, right now, John, the stock trades over the counter at 10 cents a share. And by the way, John, our analysts indicate it could go a heck of a lot higher than that. We are looking at a grand slam home run. McGillagutty Kowumba put up great numbers this year. <sighs> I love McGillicuddy Kowumba. Uh, Michael, who's your first uh, stock up? Uh, my first stock up of the week, Deontay Foreman of the Carolina Panthers. He, in my home league, I was down Jamar Chase, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes, and Deontay Foreman helped will me to a win in my flex spot. Dude balled out. 26 rush attempts, 118 rushing yards, and three rushing touchdowns. He had the backfield to himself with Chuba Hubbard out, and I'd be shocked if he didn't. Even if Chuba Hubbard returns in Week 9, I'd be shocked if Foreman didn't solidify himself as the clear RB1 in that backfield. He had uh, 26 rushes of 34 total. He was a clear workhorse, and even he didn't catch any passes. Um, he had a target. He also ran in a two-point conversion. He was basically the star of that offense. Like DJ Moore, he had a good game, um, but the, the long touchdown at the end really uh, made it a great game while Deontay Foreman was just crushing it all the way through. Back-to-back um, -back big games for Foreman, and looking like he's a pretty rock-solid RB2 at the moment, which is surprising for me. I wasn't expecting this Carolina Panthers offense to lose Christian McCaffrey and become way better. I don't think that's the case. I think that what happened was while losing Christian McCaffrey, you also lost the head coach that's been calling the plays, Matt Rule, I mean, and, it, yeah. and you also gained P.J. Walker. Like, P.J. Walker has been playing out of his mind the last two games. I think that has a lot to do with why Deontay Foreman has all his success because you can't just stack the box against him. Um, you know, originally I was telling Michael that I, don't, I didn't believe in Foreman that much because of, like, he's, because of the matchups. But, you know, two straight weeks against pretty good rushing defenses, uh, he's been getting it done. And, and I will say this, Michael, you guys have been making fun of me for being a Deontay Foreman truther for years now. So it feels oh, good. I mean, he's having a good. It feels good. Couple games, four years after you were uh, hyping, three years I after, mean, two years after, one year after. I mean, he was. He has been. He has been hurt, but he's healthy now. Um, and just looking ahead, his playoff schedule. Oh my God! Week fourteen, Seattle. Week fifteen, Pittsburgh. Week sixteen, Detroit. Hot damn! You may have gotten yourself quite the steal in your fantasy draft if you picked up Deontay Foreman. Uh, when the time was right, and it was crazy because Deontay Foreman didn't cost you anything on the wave on the uh, on the Fab Wire either because the trade went down uh, on a on a Friday. So as soon as the trade went down, it was whoever was quickest to the wire. Well, he was on the uh, the waiver podcast as well that week. 
Well, unless, of course, unless because you, of the McCaffrey trade rumors. But. I mean, of course, unless you listen to Brodo, in which case you would have been prepared. Um, my first, my first guy, my first stock up here is DJ Moore. Your Michael, were like, Michael told me to hold your horses after I said, "Hey, there's a chance that DJ Moore, you know, if PJ Walker is good, uh, there's a chance that he plays well because he plays the Atlanta Falcons two out of the last last three weeks, the next three weeks, excuse me, and." He was great in this game. Six for 11, 152 yards and a touchdown. Yes, he tore his helmet off. We already talked about that. But we wrote DJ Moore, and everyone wrote DJ Moore off weeks ago, and it makes sense. But if you look now, if you really look now, if you look back, now that he's got a couple of nights games, 25.5, 16.5, if you look at his game log, he's put up an 11, a 9, an 8. These things aren't amazing, but they're not killing you. He's got a six, a two, and a two in there. Don't get me wrong. So he's had some terrible games. But now, 16, 25, this is a guy you could put right back into your into your wide receiver three slot. And I know you drafted him probably as a wide receiver one, wide receiver two. But uh, he's a guy you could slot into your lineup now and kind of be feeling good uh, if, if P.J. Walker keeps this up. Now, P.J. Walker has faced a couple of easy pass defenses. But I like what I see out of P.J. Walker, man. I'm, I think I'm a believer because also you don't just dominate the XFL by accident. You know, those are professional players. So D.J. Moore, I think, is on the up and up. And I think that his stock is rising. And if you were one of the people who bought into that, yo, no one's covering Kareem Hunt. No one's covering Kareem Hunt. Shut up, Tim. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know it's... Uh, no one's covering it. Why did they call Hike? I know it's... It seemed like we, we've, been talk, we've been saying the word reactionary a lot. I don't even think it's like... Super reactionary to say that DJ Moore is back because I mean it. Like you said, coaching changed. They got rid of McCaffrey. Like they basically started from scratch two weeks ago, and their offense has been way better ever since. Uh, Michael, who is your second stock up? Uh, my second stock up is look. This guy, you might be like, huh, stock up, but let's for, let's not forget that DeAndre Hopkins had a lot of people this off season saying he's old he's not gonna be a wide receiver one deandre hopkins when he returns he's gonna be the wide receiver two besides behind hollywood look hollywood's out obviously we can't make that assumption yet um we'll see when he returns and they play together but right now he's making all of those people look very very silly deandre hopkins returned against new orleans went 10 for 103 on 14 targets and then against Minnesota, 12 for 159 and a touchdown on 13 targets. Almost perfect on 13 targets, 12 for 159 and a touchdown. And the touchdown was a one-handed grab with the defense just draped over him. Just DeAndre Hopkins being DeAndre Hopkins. And he looks like he hasn't lost a step and he's been balling out. And DeAndre Hopkins is right back into high-end wide receiver one territory, I think. And he even if you considered wow. him a wide receiver one prior... To him returning, I don't think many people did. I think people were expecting like wide receiver two numbers. Um, to see the way he's been playing is very encouraging. Let's keep it on the same team. We've been uh, going back to back. So Michael goes Panther, Panther. We go Panther, Panther. Now we're going to go Cardinal, Cardinal. Hey, you. Because I think another guy whose stock is rising is Rondell Moore. Rondell Moore had his breakout game, seven for 92 and one. Uh, this it, Matt Ward. Uh, the fantasy encyclopedia himself, shout out to Matt Ward. Uh, he has been singing the praises of this dude for a very long time. 
And he's been singing the praises for good reason, and you saw exactly why. And I think what makes me think that his stock is up is because he's being used properly. Robbie Anderson played his first game with the with the um, Cardinals. As a result, Rondell Moore moved back into the slot for the majority of his snaps, 45 snaps in the slot yesterday as opposed to 30 on the outside. That is not a coincidence that he did well here. He has had three usable weeks in this season, each one of those weeks saw him playing at least 60% of his snaps. The last two, he was basically all snaps in the slot. He's slot-sized. He has slot skills. As you saw him when he broke, he basically slipped through a tackle because the guy couldn't wrangle him. He slipped through a tackle and made it all, and then ran 33 yards to the end zone. That's what Rondell Moore does. That's what made him so effective in college, and that's what's going to make him so effective here. And if he continues to be used correctly then you get a good Rondell Moore. If you put him on the outside like you did with the two unusable games, that's not where he has success. So uh, Rondell Moore, because of Cliff Kingsbury and the offense, uh, that is what, that's what I'm going with. Rondell Moore, stock is up. Rondell. Last one for me. Yes, sir. Last one for me. Look, never did I think in my stock up category would I include a running back on a 28% snap share but I'm putting Khalil Herbert here because he played 28% of snaps 22 total snaps compared to David Montgomery who played 55 snaps and he still out carried David Montgomery 16 to 15 and he was was way better David Montgomery went 15 for 53 on the ground and lost a fumble terrible Khalil Herbert on the other hand like I said, he had 16 carries, 99 rushing yards, and the rushing touchdown. Khalil Herbert has back-to-back weeks now where he's been an RB2. 15.2 against New England, 15.9 against Dallas, and half PPR scoring. At some point, they're going to have to give Khalil Herbert the ball more than David Montgomery. They did this past week, despite Khalil Herbert playing 22 snaps to David Montgomery's 55. Like, that is a huge huge difference and for Khalil Herbert like it just goes to show when he's on the field they want to get him the ball he had 16 carries on 22 snaps that's absurd I will say this like David Montgomery is the veteran and David Montgomery is also known as a very good pass blocker he plays on third down a lot Um, I think that there's I think that there's no reason to think that this is kind of a situation where like if Herbert's on the field you could expect him to get the ball yeah Cause like it's not like the Bears are afraid of letting everyone know they're gonna run. They've been doing it all year. Yeah, you know. So, so. I mean, I'm putting Khalil Herbert in the stock up here because back to back RB two weeks, he's been super effective, better than David Montgomery. He's a he's already like a, a tremendous handcuff if David if if David Montgomery were to go down. Um, but he's look he's giving he's making a push right now to become a uh, a weekly at least flex option as well if he could start getting on the field more and getting more touches in that backfield. So I already talked about Mike Kosicki, so I'm going to say my last stock up. I have an honorable mention, though, after this, but my last stock up is Greg Dulcich, the tight end for the Denver Broncos, uh, has another great, again, he saw a season-high 82% snap chair in week eight, he is building a rapport with Russell Wilson, who likes using his tight ends. In the last three games for Dulcich, his first uh, three career games, uh, he has 
Two receptions for 44 yards and a reception that was three targets in his first game. Then nine targets, six catches, and 51 yards. Then five targets, four catches for 87 yards. This is the type of usage that you like to see out of a tight end. And in this tight end landscape, I think we might be looking at a guy who can be uh, considered, at least considered, in in the tight end one landscape. Because the, the tight end one landscape is so massively massive trash yeah it's trash you know so so, like but we mentioned this earlier like because it's trash it's also like giant because there's so many people who can be in that landscape so i think greg d uh, moves into that landscape and i will say this too honorable mention here kyron williams if you don't know who kyron williams is he is the get out of here kyron williams bro no no this is why you you get out of here or kareem hunt or whoever gets traded to the Rams because Kyron Williams is the rookie running back out of Notre Dame who ran a terrible 40 time. So everyone is, uh, he's also fat and slow says you and short says you. All right. Uh, but Sean McVay has obviously had it with Daryl Henderson. He only gave Daryl Henderson four carries. Uh, Ronnie rivers, raise your hand. If you knew who Ronnie rivers, Bro, Malcolm, was. yeah, no man. Funny. And I, also I, Malcolm I, Brown looks like a fullback. Every time he gets the ball, I'm like, I, there's no chance he gets more than half a yard. No. And he never does. Yo, th- this is how they gave up th- the carries. Ronnie Rivers, eight carries for 21 yards. Daryl Henderson, four carries for 16. Uh, Malcolm Brown, five carries for 10 yards. So someone's gonna, someone has a chance to emerge out of this backfield, and it doesn't look like it's going to be any of these bums. So who could it be? The, oh, there's a rookie who's injured and he's coming back. Stash him if you have a free IR spot. And... Hopefully, Kareem Hunt gets traded after this game to the LA, LA Rams because that would be phenomenal for everyone. But that one's too good to be true. That one's way too good to be true for everyone. All right, let's get into the last category of the day, the stock down category, guys, that we are starting to sour on. The worst day on Wall Street since the crash of 1987. The down traders are standing there watching in amazement. I don't blame them. We're now down 43%. Almost everything there completely wiped out. And the NASDAQ, everything and more has been completely wiped out. Let's talk about the speed with which we are watching this market deteriorate. All right, Michael. Who is your first? uh, Let me go into my first stock down because it it bounces off your uh, last one. David Montgomery. I think that... uh, Look, I, I predicted the downfall of David Montgomery, in the, and I'm not giving myself a pat on the back, but I kind of am. Khalil Herbert is a better football player. Uh, you know, and I think you could see it when you watch them play. He doesn't have the receiving prowess that David Montgomery has, so that's like Montgomery has him there, and he doesn't have the pass-blocking skill. And we just talked about this, so let's not uh, berate the point. David Montgomery is in my stock down. All right. My first stock down is a player who – look, I – I've never been a big fan of this guy. I avoided him in drafts for years. And the last couple of years, he made me look silly for avoiding him. And then he got paid. And I was like, man, I guess he's actually good. He must be. I have no idea who you're talking about. Deontay Johnson. He, I've always been like, he was just ultra targeted. It was low average targets. I mean, he saw 169 targets last year. 169 targets. It's absolutely absurd. Ben Roethlisberger goes... I mean, he has 76 targets on the year through eight games. It's not like he's not getting targeted. 
That's more than nine targets a game. But the guy just has not done anything. He's yet to surpass 13 fantasy points in half PPR leagues. He's been under 10 five times in eight games in half PPR leagues. I mean, he's just become this decent floor flex option. And, I mean, now the buy is coming up. Kenny Pickett doesn't look like he's, like, what's what 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 do they got to do to, like, get Deontay Johnson going? At some point, you just got to be like, damn, this is not going well. And true throw values say Deontay Johnson should be doing a lot better. I'm not giving up hope entirely, but, I mean, this guy was drafted as a borderline wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two, and at this point, he's just like a middling flex option, so... He's my stock down for now. Just, you know, you know, sometimes you just got to light a fire under these guys. <laughs> yeah, I hear he listens to Broadway. You know how, like, yeah. And you like, you know, when you, if your star wide receiver has a couple bad games, maybe you put him in your flex just to prove a point. I'm putting Deontay Johnson in stock down here just to be like, let's get going, Deontay Johnson. Unless he plays on Sunday. Unless he I plays mean, on Thursday, Sunday. On Thursday. Um, oh. Well, I mean, he's, I mean he gonna, has a bye next week, too, I'm which ba- is not good for his. Maybe it is good for his managers. They don't have to be forced to play him. I'm going to bounce off you, Michael. Me and Michael have been going back-to-back on these teams. George Pickens is my stock down because he posted an absolute donut uh, in this loss to the Eagles. Now, the Eagles are um, one of the best defenses in the league and look like they are Super Bowl contenders. They're the last, they're the last undefeated team, so I don't want to you know, bury him. Or I think that he still has some potential. I, I think Deontay Johnson has some potential too, but you just got to don't expect him to have high ceilings. And the reason why you shouldn't expect that is because the Pittsburgh Steelers' offense is broken. Uh, right now, points for uh, 120 points for in the season. That's 15 per, per points per game. And if that sounds low, it's because it is. And it's so low that it is the lowest in the entire National Football Association. That's not good. That's not good one bit. I said National Football Association. I got it. I got him, ladies I mean, and gentlemen. I just don't want to f- correct you every time you make a mistake. I got him. I Whatever got you. Say. Yeah, sure. Take that as a win somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, who's your, who's your uh, last stock down? My last. I have two more, Tim. But look, oh, Tim, six catches for 60 yards. Are you, like, super mad about a game like that? Depends on who it is and depends on what league I'm playing in. What if that's uh, three games total? Oh, my God. Because that's what you've gotten from Cortland Sutton over the past three weeks. He's been terrible. Six catches for 60 yards. And we saw this happen last year with Cortland Sutton, too, where he just completely fell off off the face of the earth. Look, this offense, the Broncos are probably in the worst position of any team in the league at this point. It seems like Russell Wilson is pure garbage, and they're giving him millions upon millions of dollars over the next several years. They're in win-now mode with... A team that isn't going to win now. <clears throat> or at least it seems like, unless something crazy changes. That defense is for real, but... The defense is for real that, and they still suck. That's the issue. Their skill players are like the all-overrated team, to be honest. Dude, if prior to the season, if someone told you the Broncos are going to have the number one defense in the league, guess what the record is going into week nine? I'd be like, bro, they might be undefeated. We're Russell Wilson at quarterback now. But no, everything... Everyone thought about the Broncos going into the season was absolutely wrong. It's just been an atrocious, atrocious year. They get a litany of glorious passing teams um, for Cortland Sutton out of the bye week. So here's another prove-me-wrong stock down. 
to throw into the Deontay Johnson bin of Cortland Sutton. I'm not giving up hope entirely. I even think, like, I even think he's a decent buy low if you're really buying really low. Like, I'm talking low, low. Like, if you get him for, like, some flex option that you don't need or something. Because I'm not completely giving up hope. We'll see what happens after the bye week. But, man, it's been really, really rough for Cortland Sutton these past few weeks. I think the, I think the Bengals might just strip sack Joe, Joe Burrow. The Browns. And yes, the they Browns. Do. The Browns got the ball back. Strip sack man, Joe the Burrow. first place team in our league who, not even that good of a team, in our home league that is needed Nick Chubb to outscore Joe Burrow by, like, five today to win. And that's probably going to happen. Relax, I'm pissed. Bro. Relax. Relax, bro. It's still early. Um, Nick Chubb already has a touchdown and a two-point conversion. I mean, that is true. And Joe Burrow has two turnovers. Yep. Uh, my last stock down is one that's super sad. It's Jonathan Taylor. Uh, look, a lot of people are saying Jonathan Taylor's a regression candidate. Maybe that's true. But I will say this. I had two opportunities to pick first this year in my many, many drafts. I have 11. Many men. I have 11 redraft teams. I know for some people that's child's play, but I have 11 teams. And uh, I was lucky enough to get the number one overall pick in two of them. And in both cases, I went with Christian McCaffrey. And it was uh, a decision that I do not regret uh, because the next guy, oh, Nick Chubb with a hurdle. Uh, The next guy was Jonathan Taylor. And right now he might be one of the biggest number one overall pick busts in in a minute outside of injury, although injury has played a factor. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Colts offense and what's been going on because if you haven't been paying attention to the Colts offense, who can blame you? It's been boring as hell. Uh, But they've kind of completely shifted their tone in the last few games. In week six and seven with Matt Ryan, the Colts cranked up, cranked to 11, the tempo, and came out of the shotgun in 92 and 94% of the of those two games of the, of the snaps, excuse me, in those two games respectively. So it was basically exclusively shotgun. And then Sam Ellinger, he came out of the shotgun 74% of the time in his first start. That is well above the league average of 63% of the time in his first start. And you see that the Colts offense, even though they should be leaning on Jonathan Taylor, they are going into a high-tempo passing offense for whatever reason that may be. And Jonathan Taylor has gotten 17 and 18 opportunities uh, since that switch to the shotgun and since he came back from his his uh, injury. Last year, he averaged 22.5 opportunities. That offense is not working. Sam Ellinger uh, did not look good in his first name. Ellinger did not look good in his first name. He has a busted ankle. I don't know if you guys saw, but he had to go to the sideline and retape his ankle. Uh, after the game, he just doesn't have that ceiling anymore, that Jonathan Taylor ceiling, because I just don't think that offense is going to move the ball enough for him to score three, two or three touchdowns. So I think that, you know, Jonathan Taylor, although I, I still believe in the player uh, as a fantasy asset, man, how could you rank this guy anything above uh, RB2 at this point? It's rough. It's rough. It's really, really, really rough. I don't know. I mean, he's dealing with injuries and such the entire year, too. It's not ideal, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You can't really do anything about it. Michael, you still have one more. We left, right? Ah, eh, fuck Michael's last one. See you later, guys. <coughs> later, dudes. <laughs> you didn't even ask me about food. Go. My last one, Brian Robinson of the Washington Commanders. Look, he's been a great story, but last week, Antonio Gibson, 22 snaps. J.D. McKissick, 22 snaps. Brian Robinson, 15 snaps. And it's not like they were trailing the entire game or anything 
Like he, it was it was a decently close game. Like they were trailing for a bit, um, but it wasn't a game where they had to just pound the rock the entire game, or they didn't have to pound the rock the entire game. They basically had their choice, and Brian Robinson did not play much. He's been struggling in his rookie season. Eight carries to Antonio Gibson's seven carries, except Antonio Gibson also had seven targets. Um, J.D. McKissick had five targets, only two carries. But, look, Brian Robinson has not been a a helpful asset to that team. And at some point, you need to just be like, you know, maybe we should get our other running backs involved. And that's what happened last week. I mean, Brian Robinson had 17 rushes for 60 yards against Chicago. Chicago has been Swiss cheese on defense against the run this year. 20 rushes for 73 yards against Green Bay. Nine rushes for 22 yards against Tennessee. And then eight for 20 against Indy. I mean, that's really bad. 54 rush attempts for 175 rushing yards. He's basically averaging three yards per carry. And he's a he's nothing in, in the passing game. He has two targets on the entire season. So at this point, Brian Robinson is nothing more than just a touchdown-dependent prayer flex option for teams. And I don't really think that's going to change anytime soon. Did you hear what Antonio Gibson – because, I mean, with the snaps, did you hear what Antonio Gibson said um, after the game? He was just kind of, he was kind of like throwing shade at Brian Robinson. He's like, I'm not going to throw away my shot. I mean, apparently that's a thing to do in the NFL these days. Oh, got him. Oh, I got you, you with the do? I got you with the Hamilton line. That's why that's why I believed it. <laughs> Hamilton's a shit. Yes, I'm so happy I got to get you before the end of the period. At end of the period, I'm in teacher mode. Before the end of the show, uh, Michael, where can they find you? At BrotoFF Mike. At BrotoFF Tim. At BrotoFF Jason. At BrotoFF Casanova. Uh, at Psychoward FF. At FF by Broto and at Broto Fantasy on Twitter. For the podcast, at Brodo Fantasy, we should put that out there. And for the uh, app, at FF by Brodo on Twitter. So if you need anything app-related, uh, go check that out. Yeah, so with that being said, we love you guys. Thank you for listening, as always. Uh, Michael, let me ask you a question, though, before we go. Right? Hit me. It, one through five, rank the cheeses. Just any cheeses? Cheeses. Rank one through five cheeses. I can't rank one through five, but I'll give you five cheeses. That you can't. All right, fine. Like Cass- in no Cassetti cheese? Cassetti. If, if, bro, the if you've Greek, never had Cassetti cheese, Greek people cheese. out there, the Greek cheese. go get yourself some Cassetti cheese. Romano cheese is fire. Romano cheese? Romano cheese is super Yo, fire. Romano, in, the, in the top five, bro. Romano cheese is mad good. In the top five, though. Mozzarella is one of the most overrated cheeses i agree it's good on pizza that's about it Partic- it doesn't have much flavor particularly fresh mozzarella you you know what it is you have to you have to melt mozzarella for it to be fire if you melt mozzarella it's fine yeah yeah on like a chicken parm or something but if you put it in a sandwich it's just wasted calories and fat because you're not tasting that shit not if you melt it if you melt it you taste it i'm talking just like deli cold sandwiches mozzarella cheese is a waste nah, yeah, yeah okay i agree with you so Fre- we'll fresh mozzarella as well on a sandwich is just like just takes up space. What other cheeses are there, man? I mean, there's like American. Cheddar cheese is good. Cheddar. Cheddar's a good classic cheese. Manchego feta, cheese is feta fire. Cheese. You ever have Manchego cheese? 